0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the
1: guys. Hello and welcome to episode five of season two of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA, I am joined by my co-host Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mozanie and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, here we are the week before Christmas. I'm sure uh, you guys can't uh, barely contain yourself as you get ready for it. I'd like to ask you what plans you have for the holiday. Paul, uh, I'm assuming that between now and Christmas, you're going to go out hunting and or fishing or something and and beg something for the uh, Christmas dinner. Is that true?
2: No, no, but we've got a really weird winter in northern Wisconsin. We don't have much ice. We have no snow. Um, normally, I'd be f- ice fishing, snowmobiling, and it's really weird. Um, matter of fact, I've got a fireplace. I very rarely start a fire anymore. They're talking Christmas Day, 47 degrees.
1: Yeah, we'll get you beat we're gonna be 51 on christmas day yeah. so um i was just up in uh, northern minnesota at my brother-in-law's he has a, a lake home and they had 10 inches of ice up there on uh, the lake that he is on wow. i'm assuming that is that is that uh, thick enough to, to ice fish paul
2: i'm a four to five inch ice guy so you know if you're about 250 pounds you're good to go
1: oh i'm glad to hear that so um, I didn't go on the ice, but, uh, I'm glad there, I'm glad to hear that the ice fishermen got it going in, in Northern Minnesota,
0: Tom, how old are your children? Uh, one turns 10 here on Christmas Eve. And the other one is, is six. So we are, so in you the have, y- you
1: have one that's still Santa Claus eligible. Is that.
0: Is yeah. That the other one's, the other one's still hanging on. She's, she's pretty naive still. So she hasn't bought into the, she asks, but she's still there.
2: Oh. Well, I, I wanted you to finish that because you know, I've obviously, in Yashinsky's life, it is Christmas time, tree presents, it's going crazy,
0: and a, and a birthday at the same time. And oh, really? Just, uh, yeah, my daughter's a Christmas Eve birthday. So whoa, okay. um, yeah. So we are uh, we're in we're and, and honestly, we're all just trying to survive through Friday and get to Christmas break. I don't care if Christmas ever comes, as long as Christmas break comes. So you have <laughs> school on Friday. Yep, yep, we have school through Friday.
1: What the heck's wrong with your
0: school district? You're the only <laughs> hey, one that we're, goes we're on Friday, about, pal. We're all about education here. Yeah, I bet.
1: Um, Tom, oh, yeah, I, I want to talk. How was your Vegas trip? Oh, it was. Uh, it was fun. I, uh, I uh, got to see a lot of football. You guys remember Mike Bartholomew from Old Creek? I'm sure. Uh, Bart and I uh, always get together. He lives out there now. His wife's a principal out there, and. Um, uh, Bart is also uh, teaching again part time, but uh, we got a chance to go to the UNLV uh, pr- one of their practices as they prepared for the uh, uh, the Mountain West Championship. And I got to tell you, their football facility at UNLV is second to none. It is the most impressive, and I've been everywhere. It, you know, it, it's the most impressive place I've ever been. The Fertitta brothers, those of the casino and UFC fame, they they bankrolled that thing. And, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and I got a chance to, to tour that I went to the PAC 12 championship on Friday night against, you know, Oregon and Washington. And then I went to the mountain West championship there on, on Saturday, you see Boise state and UNLV I had a great time. Um, won enough money this is the first trip in about 25 trips to Las Vegas. And I've got a place out there, people. So I get out there about four or five times a year. It's the first time in a long time that I actually won money. Now, would I put that money in my pocket? Of course not. What I did was I bought tickets to see the Rolling Stones. They're coming out to Allegiant uh, Stadium uh, in May. And so I won enough money to to pay for good seats and to get the the flights for my wife and I. And so we're going to go out there for the Super Bowl in February and back out there in May. So hopefully I have uh, more good luck when I get back out there.
0: Paul? Oh. Tom,
2: when you started saying bankrolling, I thought maybe you bought a podcast car Yashinsky and
1: I could share, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? No, nothing that nothing that dramatic, but it was a really nice trip. Uh, we were out, there's the longest I've ever been out there. And uh, came back, we were home one day, got home at 1.30 in the morning on Thursday, my wife and I were on a plane on Friday morning at six 15 flying up to Brainerd, Minnesota, uh, to go to my brother-in-law. So, um, I'm glad to be home and glad that Christmas is coming up so I can relax if nothing else. But, uh, anyway, gentlemen, we've been doing something with the podcast, uh, you know, for a while now in which we are honoring, um, inductees into the 2024 WFCA hall of fame. And, uh, um, you know, I've been on the hall of fame committee. I just want to give some background on, you know, the, the importance of our guests tonight. I've been on the hall of fame committee now for a number of years and it's quite a diverse group. We have coaches that represent all areas of the state, uh, representing all the different enrollments in the state from large, medium, small schools. We even have a college university represented on, on this. Um, and and that's by choice. We, we want everybody represented and, uh, You know, we get nominees, and there's sometimes a lot of discussion about these nominees uh, as to whether not everybody gets nominated gets into the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, we many times we have um, quite a bit of discussion with some of the nominees. Our guest tonight, when his name came up, there was absolutely no discussion. He's an individual who's just known throughout the state as being a a great football coach, certainly one of the best coaches we've ever had in the state of Wisconsin. In fact, I can remember when his name came up at the meeting last June, Jerry Sin said, you mean he's not in there already? You know, it was like shocking to some, including myself. But, um, you know, with us tonight is the former Oshkosh North, uh, Kimberly Fonalek, now at NENA, coach Steve Jorgensen. Coach, welcome to the pad uh, podcast. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, you bet. Now, coach, we met some time ago through a mutual friend, John Colstead, the former coach at Green Bay East. Now, you and John coached together in the All-Star Game, and I know that the two of you uh, frequently would meet just to talk football. And, um, you know, John is is probably somebody who I've learned more football from than anybody. But when John talks of you, it's with the highest regard and reverence. And for a guy like John Colstead, who I think knows as much football as anybody to to speak in the the way he has has spoken about you through the years, well, it just is some insight. It's remarkable. And it just shows you how you've been viewed by coaches around the state.
3: Thank you. I, so, uh, I haven't seen Coach in a while. And uh, yeah, we go back a long ways. And I... I certainly hope he's doing well. I just have not seen him.
1: He is doing well, and I and I talked him, you know, fairly frequently. I'll let him know for sure that uh, he's got to tune into this podcast. Now, what I'd like to do, coach, is is kind of describe Coach Jorgensen by the numbers. So bear with me; you're going to get embarrassed because it's all about you right now. And just to put some things in perspective here, you're twenty years as a head coach, um, twelve as an assistant. Um, you had 168 wins as a head coach, part of uh, 77 wins as an assistant, 10 conference championships as a head coach, four as an assistant. Um, you've been a coordinator for 12 years. You have so many Coach of the Year awards that I just there's just too many to mention here, but I will mention a couple. Um, you were the State Coach of the Year twice and the FVA Coach of the Year eight times. And the thing that I'm I'm most impressed about, um, you know, looking at all of this, is the fact that that you've been able to do this at a number of schools. It's like every place you go, you've been a part of success. How do you do it?
3: Well, I number one, I, I I've been to th- three schools that have been head coach Oshkosh North when I took over. It didn't have a win. Kimberly didn't have a win. I'm talking the previous season. And then Fond du Lac, I came in as an assistant, they had uh, one win, and I came in with Mike Genevac who's now at uh, McGuanago. And uh, I think what I am is a builder. Uh, and I'm smart enough that I'm going to surround myself with real good people. And I did over the years, I've had some fantastic coaches around me. So this isn't about me. It's about a, a group of guys, group of coaches. And then also the thing that you must have is an administration, and I don't care if it's at the high school, college, professional level, that will allow you to do the things that are necessary to be successful. And these things are pretty simple. Uh, A great weight room, allow you to hire real good football coaches that are also excellent teachers, okay? And then when you get those things going like that, the administration is all in They're they're hiring people that are number one, good teachers, but also excellent coaches. Um, you go out as a young coach, I went out and got the knowledge necessary, I think to be successful. And then you just develop players, develop players, develop players, get them to play hard, get them really strong, and uh, require them to be disciplined both in the classroom and on the football field. And then you just play hard and go to work. And uh, I don't think the recipe is real difficult, but I think the, the somewhat difficult, maybe at the administrative level these days, uh, that they don't understand. Uh, they may have expectations that coaches should just win, but it, it takes a great administration to get give them the tools necessary to get it going.
1: Well, I, I certainly agree with everything you've said, um, and I'm sure that uh, when you've made your moves from school to school, um, you've done so with maybe some of those things promised to you and in place. and And I know if, um, uh, besides just your your football acumen and the things that that you do with football, but you know you really are somebody who's pioneered. Uh, if you will, the the strength and conditioning piece. Um, And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, but um, you've been able to, every place you've been, um, is to implement uh, some type of strength and conditioning class at your school. And I'm assuming that uh, you taught those classes, if not all of them, most of them. Um, Was that something that um, that, that you kind of came up with, or is that something, you you know, did you have to convince your administration to do that kind of thing, or, you know, was that something that you worked in coordination with your
3: administration? Yes, um, with the administration, that we would just have classes that would be for both athlete and non-athlete that would uh, develop strength. Some of the schools I have been at, And it wouldn't be so much Kimberly, but Fond du Lac, Oshkosh North, these kids, if they can get their workout done during the school day, then it allows them to work and things like that after school. And and I think it just goes hand to hand. You know, I had some difficulties in the FIAD departments at different places I went because certain teachers thought that physical education shouldn't be just about strength training and conditioning Well, you... To get kids and this is girls and guys to get kids stronger and better health and and that you're <laughs> if somebody's telling me that's that's not a good thing i think something's wrong but yeah we were able to do that and implement it this this is a big we okay because when i was at oshkosh north and then he followed me to kimberly we had a a, a strength coach named dean matchy and and you know i I have some ideas on in my head about the structure of classes and things like that, but he is the best strength coach that I have ever seen in my life. I don't care if it's at high school, college, pro, he uh, he could really develop kids. And I learned a lot from Dean. And uh, so let's give credit where it's due there. But uh, then when I, I went to Fond du Lac, um, you know, Dean stayed at Kimberly, and we were able to implement classes and, and really get it going there. And that, that was the key from Fond du Lac going from kind of a doormat to to being very, very successful.
0: Tom? Coach, what, what makes you want to desire to take over a program when it's down like that? Because most people, when those programs are are where they are, where they were when you took over them, Uh, they're looking at like they're they're, they're not a destination right people they Mm -hmm. want the Wanakee job when it comes open they want the Kimberly job when it comes open people look at those jobs as the ones well if I could just get there we could keep doing really good things what made you go the other direction and say I think we can take that and make something special out of it
3: you know I, I just think that's what drives me that challenge you know Oshkosh North was was not very good and and we got the structure there and got things in place, and all of a sudden we had some really good players come through. That's still the number one thing. And then when I went to Kimberly, I I was in the same conference as Kimberly, but I could see on film the potential there that that they had they had real good kids all the time, and it just wasn't clicking there for a while. And and, and then I went to Kimberly, and to be honest with you, that's a pretty easy fix there. That, that that was a pretty easy fix. We, you know, third year we won the conference championship, fourth year was a state championship. Then Steve Jones came in, won a string of state championship. Now Chad is there, he won a state championship. So it's a little bit different there. That's that 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 clientele and that that administration and everything, they they want to be successful, they want to be champions. So that makes it much easier. Then I went to Fond du Lac and that's a tough one again. And uh, um, we put in, a not, administration put in a new weight room and we got the classes in and that kind of what's, what drives me. And then to be honest with you, we were chasing Kimberly and uh, we had some really great games with them that I wish had been played at Camp Randall. And we come, came up short many a time, but I mean, right down to the last play of the game and then finally we broke through and then i knew my son was ready uh during that COVID year and i said uh, i was the interim head coach when White and Avak went to uh Go, we had a very successful year broke the kimberly streak got beat by them in the playoffs in level four in a in a in just a great game and it, it snowballed that real cold day, night and a windy night and that was an overtime game and we got we we scored made the extra point they scored and went for two and got it and um uh and that was just a great game but then unfortunately the covid shortened season we were so good uh yeah. we were so good I mean we we had Braylon Allen and then we also had a Kyle wall Jasper who may have been a better high school player than Braylon. I mean, he averaged 19.6 per carry as a quarterback. <laughs> Braylon averaged about 17.5 or someone We were we were really, really good offensively. In fact, we played Kimberly that last game in the so-called, you know, kind of mythical state championship in the spring and put up 71 points. We were really, really good. I just wish we could have had a full season that year because that would have been probably the – a Fond du Lac Muskego matchup that would have been really good really Hunter Waller and it would have been a very good game I watched that
1: game by the way coach uh, uh I remember uh sitting in my living room I had it on my phone and I was watching it and and that was a great game and I don't know that I've ever seen an offense better than than what you guys had that year
3: you know yeah and not- I I'm certainly never try to be egotistical or anything like that. I don't think I'm that kind of guy, but I don't think there's ever been an offense like that. I really yeah. I really don't. That 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 was incredible. I mean, we scored 71, but we would have scored 100 and on everyone else, but there was a running clock and most games were over at halftime and we had the uh, the subs in. I mean, that that offense was unreal. My yes. son did a great job with that team. Paul and the other coaches on that team.
2: Coach, I actually watched you when you played Spash during that season. That that team was incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I want to make sure our, our viewers also know, Steve was a great college coach. He, I mean, a high a college player. He played at Oshkosh, still holds some, I think, some records. Started for four years, 303 tackles. Incredible. I got to know him when we did the, the camp together at Oshkosh. And the one thing, Coach, that I'll always remember about you, is your intensity and your 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 detail that you did on the football field would you say that those are some of your trademark things
3: yeah i mean when i was young that intensity burned a little hotter <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, think, I think uh i i still got that but i i think i have a little more knowledge now i certainly have more knowledge because you're older and things like that but um yeah in details um yeah, it's it's all about the details. It's all about allignment, first and second step, hand placement. It's all about it. It's 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 one in the trenches. It's it's all about the details, and uh, you know. But I still have a great love for the game. I was over at UWO, in fact, yesterday, talking with their D coordinator, Stanny, over there. Coach Stanny, he said he's having trouble stopping some plays, he, he wanted me to come over. I said, Stanny, I'm not coming over to help you stop the play. I want to see the play <laughs> so, <laughs> because I I certainly know I'm not going to be able to help you. You know what you're doing. I uh, and 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 you know, so I went over there, got a bunch of film from him, gave him some tidbits that I saw today, and spent today watching film, and it kind of fired me up again. And uh, uh, you know, just just uh, really enjoy the game. It's uh, it's a passion.
1: Coach, I, I have to ask you, you know, you had a something, you've done something, I should say, that I had happened for me the first time this year. I uh, went back to Wauwatosa East and, and uh, you know, a program that's uh, really down on its luck. It's, you know, they had won, since I left, uh, you know, they, they had only won 18 games in 15 years. I, I've come back. My goal is to get them back in the playoffs. We were one game short last year. Um, so we've already made, you know, tremendous gains, but one of the things that, um, I was able to do this year is coach with my son. Um, my son played for me at Brookfield East, and then he went up and he had a nice career at Michigan tech. And, uh, he's, a uh, uh, engineer down here at Milwaukee tool. And, and he was able to find some time and I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed uh, working with my son. First of all, I was just amazed at how much football he knows. You know, he played quarterback for me and he was also my punter and kicker, And but he played corner up at Michigan Tech. So, you know, he's been on both sides of the ball. And anyway, I, every day at practice, I, I just reveled in the fact knowing that my son was there. And and it must be, you know, you must have the same feeling, you know, that, that you've coached with your son and and uh being a proud papa and all that and all the you know success your son has had. Um, you know, describe for us, you know, uh your experience with that.
3: Well, you know, I also got to uh coach my sons in football, and then which was great, a great experience. And then to be able to uh coach with them. When I was at Fond du Lac, my son Steven, he was an assistant right away when I uh when I was hired there. So he came with me. And then my son Matt was finishing up at UWO and he came over and he was one of the freshman coaches at Fond du Lac. And now he's the offensive line, co- um, offensive line coach at Bayport. And a few years ago, you know, they lost in the state championship to Muskego and I'm a big hunter. And the next day, you know, it's, it's opening day of deer season. And then my I knew my son, Matt, was just like me. He goes, dad, I'm not going. I'm so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hey, don't be like me don't because that probably shortened my head coaching career too because my my lows are a lot better a lot more than my highs i tell you like that i took took losses terribly but no being there every day with my son steven uh was just great he uh he's a junkie he's a junkie uh and he's he's always always into football but we got to be with each other uh when when mike left for um Maguanago, you know i kind of took over that next year cuz he left late and uh, i i took the job and uh and i knew right away it was a one year thing because i knew steven was ready and then steven came in for two seasons there and just did a fantastic job and and uh you know he was like you know, state coach of the year in that, uh, that spring season. And and I, I couldn't have been prouder, much prouder than anything I had done is to see your kids, uh, be successful. And I, I'm just, I'm just proud that they're both at Bayport now. They're both doing well. And I, I think that that program here will, they're going to make a bump here pretty soon. And, uh, um, and there'll be a big reason for that. Paul, did you ever get a chance
1: to coach with your son? I know he played for you, and he was, never was a hell of a football player. Yeah, he, he
2: never. No, but I'll tell you, it's it's one thing coaching your kid, but like Steve said, having your kids go on and have success is far more fulfilling than anything I ever did. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey Steve, um, you know, with all your experience and everything, with we've got a lot of young coaches. Matter of fact, the coaching turnover is incredible. If you could offer them some advice on what could really build a program, make it a mainstay program, what advice would you give
3: them? Well, first of all, to be successful, you have to go out and you can't fake it. You can't fake it. you got to go out and get the knowledge necessary that you can get up in front of a group of guys, and they know you're an expert. They know that you know what you're doing. OK, and, and there's a confidence level that comes off you, an aura, um, you know, when, when you walk in the room and everything that you can get up on the board, you can speak to them and know exactly what your plan is and and implement it. That That's critical. And then you just have to be a worker and and uh, and <laughs> football and the weight room are hand in hand. I. It's all about the weight room. It's all about the weight room, and you got to find a way to get those kids in the weight room and get strong. And you have to get into the middle schools and things like that and develop relationships. And um, you have to develop your coaches. And and they, while doing this, it has to be fun. You know, the kids have to have fun. You and your coaches have to have fun, and then. You got to have high expectations of how you're going to play the game, how your discipline is going to be, not only out on the field, but as, as a student in the classroom. And, you know, this is, it's hard these days. And, and, um, and you have to, as I, I keep coming back to this, you have to have administrative support. They have to, you know, allow you to bring in coaches that are good teachers. I just know some situations going on right now that there's some head coaching jobs open, and there's there's no job for for the a guy to come in to take the head job, and 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 then then sometimes guys get let go and in like fired or whatever, and they were never given the tools to to be successful. So. Huh. It's it's a tough job these days. It uh, it, it really is, and uh, but you have to have a passion, a love for it. And I just see a lot of jobs opening up these days, and they, there's not even guys applying for them anymore. It's um, you know, it, it's it's just different. In my day, when I first started, now, now this is probably one of the things that I, I see that is disappointing from the structure of schools and things like that um usually the principal in the school when i first started was a a highly successful coach a highly successful teacher they understand how to how to do things they were organized how to move people from spot to spot they were they were they were leaders and now these days it seems like because teachers have so it's so difficult to get them to 65 dollars $70,000 as a teacher, many times people come into the profession, they last two or three years in the, in the classroom, go get their curriculum instruction degree, become an administrator, okay, all of a sudden they're an assistant principal, a principal of a school, and they don't understand anything at all about people and the skills and they're telling like 25 30 year old veterans what (laughs) what they may be doing right or wrong or whatever it's just it's it's different and it's more difficult it's it is more difficult you have to have a a special administration i i I keep coming back to administration that supports you it gets you the things that are necessary because these kids if they if 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 they're successful in an in an athletic situation and they're in the right situation, they're going to be more successful in the classroom also.
1: You know, coach. This is a question, and it's really maybe for me. You know, advice. You know, I again I, I came back to Wauwatosa East, and I, I stepped into a situation where um, the there was no structured after school kind of lifting. I mean, they had a beautiful yeah. new weight room. That's two years old. I mean, it's beautiful. And, but you know, the first day I walked in there and they had a strength and condition, they had a couple of different strength and conditioning coaches. And luckily I was able to bring in my guy who's done a fantastic job. He was with me at Brookfield East and Arrowhead. But anyway, um, you know, when I, the first day I walked in there after school, I was kind of expecting. um you know, an organized kind of workout, and kids—you know—the things that I was used to doing or seeing anyway—and it wasn't like that at all. It's just kids doing whatever they wanted to do. It seemed, um, you know. And I told the kids, like, okay, tomorrow, you know, it's going to be organized. So I came in, and you know, I lined guys up, and we, you know, warmed up together. We, you know, just the body movement stuff that I do takes about a half an hour, you know, before we even start to lift or longer and i just remember lining these you know football guys up i couldn't get any other athletes to do it yeah. um you know even though there were other athletes in there i you know i invited everybody if you want to really get you know and and nobody took it up but the football kids that were there and you know they all looked at me like i was crazy You're like what is he doing you know um it was just so foreign to me um that very first day and the thing that that quite frankly is, I, you know, how do you get the? Uh, here's my question and advice. How how do you get the coaches from other sports? How how did you work with those people? Because it's just not valued at the moment at Wauwatosa East. It, it just isn't, and it's it's kind of holding us back. So yeah. how, how did you get the you know the other coaches to to buy into the fact? And it's not a football workout. Where you know this is an athletic for boys and girls. You know. Yeah. How did you get those other coaches on board? Cause I'm really struggling with that.
3: I think it's really difficult because I, I certainly know this happened at Kimberly. We, we, we came into Kimberly and this is a Dean matchy thing. Again, he, he, he started this strength training program with the, uh, with the uh, football guys. And I, you know, I'm in there cause I'm the head coach tagging along and helping out, but he's, he's the leader in there. and, football guys were getting stronger getting better and then our record was getting better and better and better and then what happened is they saw it the other coaches saw it and then they gravitated to it and then all all of a sudden you had the, the 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 basketball guys the baseball guys of course track and football go hand in hand and and that that's what got it going but i i even know it nina right now there's it's it's pulling teeth sometimes with um uh coaches i mean i don't understand because if 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 the first thing that happens when uh a kid maybe goes on to play college basketball or college whatever wrestling or whatever they're going to throw him in a weight room <laughs> and and it's going to help also at the high school and yeah that that's a difficult one but i think you worry about your own and go in there and worry about your own work real hard get Get your program going in the right direction. And then the kids and the coaches of other sports start to see the value of all this. And at the schools I've been at, all of a sudden football was good. And then track became real good because we got all our football guys out for track. We wanted our football guys running track, throwing a shot and disc and things like that. And the track program got got better. And then, you know, we we also had kids that, hey, the, you know, our, our basketball coach or our other coach like this, they they don't they don't want to lift and all of a sudden, unfortunately, they 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 leave that sport because they want to be with this group of guys that's working harder and getting stronger and uh having success. So it is real tough. You you get to me that's an athletic director hiring people that have to be all on the same page that makes strength conditioning essential for everyone when when i've been at places sometimes even the football players didn't lift that's why they were on nine the year before and i can remember talking to parents and saying weightlifting is mandatory it is mandatory. And sometimes parents hate that word. Okay. Somebody's telling their kid it's mandatory, but it's mandatory. And I, I simply would say, say this: if if you're going to tell your 16-year-old boy to go out in a in a in their vehicle and not put their seatbelt on, that's like telling a kid. To go out in the football field if you haven't strengthened their core their knee capsule their neck and things like that you're looking for an injury or if there is an injury it will not be as bad so we really made it important that they lifted and we use the word mandatory and i would just say to the parents also at that parent meeting i cannot kick your kid off for not lifting weights but i don't have to put them on the field they're going to be the best manager we got. I do not have to put them on the field. And I want, and some kids went that route early. And all of a sudden I just said, Hey, you're not going to play. And they usually decided not, not to go out for the sport then. And then that word travels throughout the community. And then all that problem goes away. And then you get hundred percent attendance.
1: Well, luckily for me, coach, I, I've got a fantastic athletic director. He's new. He was at the school and he actually taught the strength and conditioning classes. And the old AD left in June. He got the job. He's been incredibly supportive, doing all the things you've described, everything. And he's so solidly behind us. I know we're going to turn it around. And we are starting to get a lot of athletes from other sports, you know, boys and girls. So, but I mean, when I walked in there, I almost died. I was like, what is going on here? It was just bizarre. All you had, uh, I think. You, oh, go ahead, Coach.
3: Well, and in that is you're taking over a program that hasn't been successful, and then the culture changes is happening, and that's kind of what always turned me on to see things go from not very good to to really good. And that yeah. that's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of work goes into it, but there's. It's just uh, that makes you you proud because you're really helping those kids out.
1: Yeah, Paul. I'm sorry you had something you wanted to say.
2: You and Steve are saying the old saying used to be it takes a village to educate a kid. It takes a village to create a football program. Absolutely. You know that's the thing, Tom. I don't want to be the bearer bad news, but we got about two minutes and thirty five seconds left.
0: So my okay. school, my school uh, must have limited our Zoom account now. They it was unlimited and then. They, I think they canceled the plan here. So okay. we, can, we can always restart back up if we want to keep going. That's no problem.
1: Well, I, I you know what? I've, I've covered, you know, everything that, that I have in my notes. And, and uh, you know, uh, Paul and Tom, I don't know if you've got other things that you would want to bring up, Paul.
2: I get it. I I think, Steve, you've probably been there, but that, that day is going to be so special for you, your family, and your career, and the things you've done. in the players that come back, it is going to be probably the highlight of your career.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: Well, Coach, I, I again, you you've somebody, you are somebody, I should say that that uh, I have followed through the years, and I'm I, I'm proud to say that I, I met you and got to talk some football with you some time ago. But I've always been impressed with everything you've done and. Um, you know, if there's a Mount Rushmore, of football coaches in our state, you certainly would be on it. And I, you know, to echo Paul, um, it's going to be a great night. I'm so glad that I'm going to be there to, to witness it. Um, and and thank you so much for coming on. And, And I'd like to thank Paul and Tom for, again, all the help that they do with this podcast. They, they're tremendous, um, contributors and, and supporters of, of myself as we put this on together Um, and finally, you know, thank you to our listeners. We're getting more and more all the time. Um, you know, we want this to be informative, but also entertaining. I think tonight was both again. Um, and as always, if you've got anything that you would like to see covered in this podcast, reach out to Paul, myself, or Tom, and we'd be happy to do that. And with that being said, I'd like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a a happy new year. And uh, we look forward to to seeing you again in 2024
3: thank you merry christmas